Where there's a will, there's a way, and where there's a way, there's a podcast. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 187, for the week of Wednesday, the 23rd of September, 2015. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, it's a Toy of the Week anthology as we review the Marvel Select Classic Thor action figure, the SH Figure Art Sailor Moon Sailor Uranus figure, the Underground Toys Doctor Who Time of the Doctor action figure, and the Funko Pop Vinyl Doctor Who 11th Doctor and Weeping Angel figures. everybody, Scotty here. Well, it's one of those weeks where it was impossible for us to get a quorum together to record a normal show, but if you've known us for any length of time, you'll know that we are committed to bringing you uh, weekly content. When we started this thing off nearly 200 episodes ago, we decided to do it weekly for as long as we could make it work, and so far we haven't missed a week, and so when we have these weeks where we can't get the gang together... We do what we're now calling a Toy of the Week anthology, where everyone who can sends in a review uh, for you to listen to. So tonight we've got four reviews for you. First up will be Ben uh, with the Marvel Select Thor action figure, the classic version. Then Adam with one of his uh, easier-to-pronounce Toy of the Week selections, the Sailor Moon Sailor Uranus, and you'll have to wait and see uh, what sort of fun he has with the, that particular name. Uh, just the name, nothing else. And uh, then Eddie and I, just by coincidence, have both chosen Doctor Who toys. Uh, Eddie's going to be reviewing one of the latest releases from Underground Toys, the Time of the Doctor action figure. And then I'm going to do uh, what I'm pretty sure are my first reviews of pop vinyl figures on the show with the 11th Doctor and Weeping Angel pop vinyls. Uh, and uh, we appreciate your listening, so we hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll see you next week for another full show. Now you can have your own special Captain Planet adventure with your favorite planeteers. There's Wheeler, who has the power of fire, and the daring Linka with the power of wind. You can even use the planeteer's eco-cycle. And your own power rings will let you call Captain Planet. Bring him to the rescue and save the Earth. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, now available at Kmart. For this toy of the week, I'm going to be taking a look at the classic Thor action figure from Diamond's Marvel Select line. Now, this is a figure that I think was originally released in about October 2013, and originally was limited to a Disney store exclusive, which, if I have my facts correct, uh, gives access to about a total of five people. So, somewhere along the line, Diamond decided to open the distribution up wide, and this figure was uh, re-solicited and available to everyone through the usual channels. Now, I picked this figure up a couple of months ago. I'd completely forgotten about it until I saw it at a comic convention. And always a bit of a sucker for a Thor 
action figure decided to pick it up to add it to the collection so i'm not normally a big diamond select marvel select fan i, I pick and choose characters to fit in with my marvel legends so for example i've picked up the juggernaut and the rhino etc uh, and for characters that i think have been fairly well done in marvel legends i don't tend to bother with but for captain america a bit of an exception so this is obviously an action figure and it is from the uh, the select line so the scale is slightly bigger than what we're used to with marvel legends and dc universe classics uh, and as such uh, this is thor he's a pretty big guy so he stands quite large he's uh, seven and a half inches tall so about 19 centimeters and that's to the top of the little spike thingy on his helmet so if you go to the top of the wings from his helmet he's slightly taller again so quite a large imposing figure and fits in well um, with the Marvel Legends, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. So this figure goes, I think it varies in price. You're looking at about US $25 to pick him up, but obviously have a bit of a look around and you might find something uh, a bit cheaper. Now, in terms of the packaging, um, I've commented about this a number of times. The Diamond Select Marvel Select line of, you know, blister card packaging, I think is incredibly ridiculous um you know if you've seen one you've seen them all they're these giant oversized outdated blister cards uh now admittedly there is an awful lot of clear plastic so i guess the one benefit to that is when you're looking at a figure uh, in hand you get to have a bit of a look uh through the packaging and check out the figure it's not sort of hidden away inside a, a box um but i just think this packaging is just a, a complete waste an absolute waste and I, I think it really needs to be revisited i mean this is a, a holdover from the 90s i think it's uh, an outdated concept it's not collector friendly in the slightest um i mean you need to really rip that sucker open once it's open there's no getting it back in together like you can with a, uh, a window box such as with the um, even the new marvel legends or, or of course the star wars black um there's a few pros to it you know you get some nice kirby art there's a nice little uh sort of bio of thor on the back and shows some of the other car other figures in in that particular series or or at least available you know at that particular time but look, honestly, um, by the time you get that blister card open and you fight with about 6,000 twisties, which, um, again, I think are terribly outdated now. These ones are those terrible metal ones with the plastic coating that uh, if you can't actually untwist them, then you have to cut them. They, you don't cut them with scissors. You need to get actual side cutters or something. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a pain. And I really think it needs to be revisited by these guys. So once you get this guy open and out of the packaging, a um, bit of a, a decent heft to him. He's certainly quite large uh, because of that cape. Um, we'll talk about the sculpt, and uh, I think whoever did the sculpting to this did a, a pretty decent job. There's no doubt about who this is. Um, I think the proportions are quite nice. He's not overly muscled. Um, the uh, the bulk sort of suits the size of the figure. Uh, one thing that stands out straight away is the amazing cape. This is one of the largest capes that I've ever seen. It's, uh, it's huge it's there it's in your face it's um pretty darn amazing but of course with that comes the problems that you would expect it's actually quite heavy um i found i could get the figure to eventually stand quite well but um that was just in a generic standing museum pose i think the minute you try to do anything a bit fancier than that and you're going to have some uh, some topple worries um but also it's a bit of a space hog not to mention uh anyone who you put thor in front of will not be visible because of the height and also just the the width of the cape it's actually sort of blowing 
everything um, around a bit and sticks out uh, from both sides, really. So, yeah, it looks amazing. It's beautifully sculpted, but, um, gosh, it's really quite ginormous. Um, everything else is there, as you'd expect with Thor. The, the Kirby discs on, uh, on his uniform look quite good. The little sort of T-type logo on his... Um, on his belt buckle is actually there, minus the T, but the little wings are there. And, of course, those um, striated boots that were so used to the straps uh, are all individually sculpted, which is actually quite nice. They're not just sort of painted on. Uh, all the other classic elements of Thor's costumes there, the, the feathered wings on the helm, the, uh, the wristbands, of course, have got grooves in them rather than just being painted on. So all the nice little touches. There's some good wrinkles and drapery, too, in his shorts in particular, all looking quite good. Um... Where I think the sculpt is let down significantly is on the head. I think the the face... Uh, I was comparing this figure to my Marvel Legends figure, uh, and they're actually about the same size. I mentioned before I'd get to that. Um, these guys are almost interchangeable in terms of size. The original Marvel Legends Thor is pretty much the same height. Proportions are slightly different, so um, your mileage may vary as for which one you'd prefer to display, but um, they both look good in your Marvel Legends collection. So getting back to that head sculpt, um, I, it's hard to describe what's off. Uh, I, I think what's throwing it off for me is the facial sculpt is actually quite flat. Um, looking at it from front on, it's actually not too bad. But as soon as you start to turn the figure, um, you can really see that um, his face is really, really quite flat. Um, his chin is not sort of sticking out, neither is his nose, uh, the, his brow over the top of his eyes, uh, all, all very sort of flat. Um, also, the way the eyes have actually been painted on, they've been painted slightly askew. So he's got this kind of awkward um, appearance about him. And again, I was comparing him to the Marvel Legends figure which just has so much more there's just, it's just so much more dynamic in the face which I think you know this figure isn't so yeah look it does kind of look like Thor I think that's helped by the hair um, but in terms of the hair it's fairly generic um, they haven't made a huge effort to sculpt a lot of hair it's just sort of hanging down and, and sort of slightly wispy to one side uh, in in fact it actually looks quite sort of girly um, it's very very plain in the way that they've actually sculpted it um, his helm and the the feathered the, the wings on the side of his helm are actually done quite well. So that sort of um, highlights the head a little bit and takes away from the face and the hair. So really the face and the hair are the only things that are, are let down, I think. Now, in terms of paint, um, everything is actually really quite nice. The cape is actually a uh, moulded rubber, so there is no paint whatsoever. There are no highlights. This is simply uh, moulded and, and cast in um, red flexible that rubber and there's nothing else um, which is a bit awkward because on his uniform there's actually quite a bit of highlighting going on so the uh, the blue of his legs has a quite a heavy black wash over the top which is not particularly well applied I think the black is probably even a little bit too dark um, and it takes away a little bit particularly the way it's been applied there's a bit of a dry brushing going on on um, the, the boots the striated straps of his boots which is not too bad uh, the torso features a bit of a highlight over the blue. It looks like they've given it a bit of a dry brush with a, a slightly lighter blue 
And then there are the discs, uh, the Kirby discs, which have a bit of a, um, a white hue to them just to sort of highlight them. And so that's pretty interesting given that there's uh, heavy dry brushing and washes going on, yet the actual flesh tones have been left um, as they were casted. So it's the original flesh-coloured plastic. It looks like there's some slight highlights here and there on the hands, but really there's nothing much to see. No highlighting on the wristbands at all. Um, where this figure is really let down is in two places. One is the hair, which was originally painted sort of a, a, a medium brown, I guess, and then it's been dry brushed with a, a, a colour to simulate the blonde look. Um, that's how you do actually do blonde hair if you're a customiser. You go from dark to light, but the way this has actually been applied is quite poor. They've dry brushed really kind of haphazard and it's really, it, it looks like it. It's not neatly applied, so it just looks like there's a, a blonde colour that's just been slapped on top of a, another brown colour. So yeah, that's a little disappointing because it really does take away from it. The other big letdown for me is where the top of his uh, blue tunic meets his neck. Um, they've obviously done this kind of blue dry brushing shade thing and um, where the neck actually meets there should be a nice seam there but instead they've gone completely over the top and onto his neck and it's not just a little bit it's actually quite a lot it's a, it's a real shame because they've really got a, a lot of blue onto the flesh and it just looks awkward because you can just tell that's not how it should be so that's kind of um, disappointing really I, I just I'm not sure why um, that was so badly applied maybe it was actually sprayed on and uh, they just haven't been particularly accurate I'd say it was probably before the cape was attached and the the head was attached and, and perhaps that was meant to be slightly less visible with those there but it's really quite obvious now so paints a bit of a, a mixed bag a bit of uh, all over the place I think spotty is uh, the best word you would probably say now moving on to the articulation I think I counted about 23 points of articulation which is really not bad for a Marvel select figure um, that's what you'd actually expect from from this line so all your usual um, points are there mostly pin and disc joints, um, single jointed elbows, uh, pin and disc in the shoulder, in the wrists. Um, there's a, a pin and disc in the, um, the neck joint, but that's actually um, not really usable because the hair is so closely sculpted to the body and the cape of this figure that you can get some slight movement to the left and right and maybe even a tiny bit up and down, but you really, really are limited in just how you can actually um, you know, move this head around. So look, that's not the, the you know, that's not Diamond's fault. That's just one of the hindrances we have with, you know, action figures and, and trying to simulate, um, you know, that comic accurate, um, you know, appearance. So, look, yeah, a bit unfortunate. Um, in terms of the other articulation, I think something that was quite awkward is the way his legs are attached to his hips, um, the shorts are actually quite um, close to the thighs. And so with that articulation in the thigh joint, the shorts actually prevent you from lifting his legs straight up in a vertical movement because the shorts actually get in the way and the leg actually stops. And so you just, you literally can get one or two centimeters. So as you try to lift it, you find the leg naturally going out to the side as it raises up, um, you know, away from him. So you can get some sideways movement and uh, that's really about it. So there's a, a really, really limited amount of movement in, in that sort of hip joint, which is unfortunate. 
So you get some double jointed knees, which is all well and good. I mean, you know, double jointed anything is, uh, if it's you know, well done, is, is a lot of fun. Um, but really, there's nothing you can do with those double jointed knees because you can't get much movement out of the hips. So a bit unfortunate there. Um, you get the usual pin and disc in the ankles. So you get that vertical movement plus a lateral movement. But what you're, you're not getting is those um, Vonner ankles. So um, if you generally move all of the leg joints, the hip, the knee and the ankle, you can get him to stand fairly flat. But certainly, look, I think ankle rockers are one of the, the greatest um, articulation points ever invented um, and almost should be mandatory on every figure. Certainly one that, that is, you know, heavy with that cape, but they come in um, very, very handy. Um, there's a hidden waist uh, swivel, which um, is very nicely hidden. I actually didn't realise it was there until I was having a good play with the figure. Uh, and then when it moved, I, I realised it was there. So that's actually nicely done. So no ab crunch or, or chest crunch or anything like that. But all up, it's pretty much what you'd expect from a, a Marvel Select figure, certainly of a character like this. All right, well, moving on, accessories. Yes, you do, of course, get Mjolnir, the good old uh, magical hammer. Um, look, you know, this Mjolnir is fine. Um, it's certainly done, you know, it's got the uh, sort of heavy metal, dark silver colour that you would expect for Mjolnir, plus the, um, the strap. Uh, hanging off the end the leather wrapped handle is there with you know it's painted brown with a bit of a wash over the top into the crevices which is nicely done um, all up you know the hammer is nicely done and, and I feel bad criticizing it because it seems just like you would expect Mjolnir to be however I think maybe I've been spoiled a little bit by the Marvel Legends Mjolnirs uh, of the last few years which are quite sort of a little bit bigger a bit more imposing um, that San Diego Comic Con one came with you know the, the lightning crackle sort of painted on and, and so there's some really nice options for the Marvel Legends one so this one feels a bit underwhelming when you do that i mean you know standing on the shelf it looks perfectly fine but this guy is a really big figure and so i i kind of would expect something a little bit more considering the handle's quite long as well it seems a bit awkward but um oh, i guess you know look it is what it is and he he holds it reasonably well um once you sort of force it through into the hand the thumb is actually sculpted um and, and cast onto the finger so you can't actually separate the thumb and forefinger you actually have to force the hammer into the hole of his hand um, and you know look that's fairly easy you give it a bit of a heave and, and away you go the other accessory you get with this guy and you know diamond select uh with all of their lines not just the marvel select uh, are known for including some pretty groovy uh, accessories and some of them are very functional um and if they're not functional they're, they're sort of pretty cool like you know the punishers pinball machine etc but uh, thor comes with a rock Yes, a rock. Um, it's hard to describe. It's half a rock, so it sits flat, and then there's a little dome with a, a peg in it, and you can stand Thor on his rock. Or, I don't know, maybe if you want to get, you know, all uh, excited, you could call it an asteroid or a meteor, but... Um, it's a rock, and it's a fairly plain rock, and yeah, look, you know, there's a bit of weathering to it, but it's still just a rock. Um, really not sure what they were going for there, I think, given that some of the figures uh, Select have produced include things like the front gates to, you know, Xavier Institute and things like that, really quite, um, you know, well thought out uh, accessories. This one's quite awkward, um, certainly... 
not one of my favourites, and um, probably not in my top 20. I think it's really quite awkward. Look, I know these days we should be grateful we get, you know, anything extra, but um, I don't know that this one was particularly well thought out, so this will go straight into my dump bin of, uh, you know, the accessories that should not be. So, all right, well, that's the Marvel Select classic Thor figure. Um, not too bad. I think, you know, he stands really well on the shelf. He looks great. Um, the flat face is a bit of a, a bit of a dud. That heavy cape is a little bit difficult to work with. Um, really nice looking figure. I don't think he will actually replace my original Marvel Legends Thor. Uh, I'm still quite comfortable with that one. Uh, a few things just knocking this one down for me. So I'm going to take some points off for that flat face. I'm going to take some points off because of the bad paint apps, uh, particularly the blue on the neck. Um, and I'm going to take another half a point off for the, you know, those really dodgy articulation in the hips, uh, which I think is a real shame. So look all up. I think this is still a beautiful figure. So I'm going to give it $8 out of 10. Hey guys, it's John again, back with another installment of Name That, everybody's favorite podcast game. And I'm really kind of disappointed because none of you guys have seemed to figure out what last week's was yet. And uh, I thought this one was pretty easy. We'll play it right here for you. The next batch is on you, phone face. And this was actually a Masters of the Universe thing. I thought the bone face would have gave that away in the voices. It was a uh, Masters of the Universe um, Bashasaurus. That was one of those weird creature vehicle things that they had um, that the Masters of the Universe line seemed to do so well. But, you know, if you didn't get that one, maybe we can we can put a harder one in and, and maybe you guys will get that one. Maybe maybe you just didn't want to want to show off on the easy ones. So here we go. We'll listen one more time to a new clip. You can pretend she's a buddy When you're keeping in shape You can make her follow you When you style your own hair You can... And we'll play it again because that one might be a little hard You can pretend she's a buddy When you're keeping in shape You can make her follow you When you style your own hair You can... Well, do you have the mental fortitude to identify what that one is? This one, I think, is going to stump some people for sure. Um, we'll have to wait and see what the, the reactions are. But if you do, come on over to AFB Forum. That's AFBforum.com. You make go in the forum, go find the name that thread. You make your guess. You get your guess right, and you get points. And if you get enough forum points, you know what you get? You get... Um, I think we're getting Eddie's autograph, and this is like a first-time deal. Um, so if you really want Eddie's autograph and you need the points... Better get in early and, and make lots of guesses. Um, if that's just too hard, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we play the picture version. Um, same kind of idea. You still go to the forum. You still guess. You still get the same points, so you can you can work on getting getting your all your AFB autographs um, for your wall. And if that's not enough, you know, if you just come and say nice things in the forum, sometimes people will give you points. All right. With all of that, we'll be right back after this. Peace out. He-Man! 
Skeletor, He-Man figures, and Bashasaurus vehicle, each sold separately. Bash away! Bashasaurus, Bashasaurus. Next bash is on you, Boneface. Yar! Bashasaurus from the Masters of the Universe collection. Not for use with some figures, each toy sold separately. From Mattel. Welcome back, and you are now about to witness the strength of figure art knowledge. As we do another toy review, this time we're covering SH Figure Arts Pretty Guardian Sailor Uranus, or Uranus, if you try and avoid saying Uranus a lot, like uh, happened with one of the English dubs. So Sailor Uranus was released in 2015 by Bluefin, Tamashii Nations, SH Figure Arts, Bandai, choose whichever one you wish to refer to it as, um, in terms of the line, the manufacturer, the distributor, or what have you, good times. As I said, released in 2015, acquired in 2015, initially retailed for around $50 US, which is perfectly okay with me. The figure is obviously of Sailor Neptune, it's obviously using the Sailor Moon dough over again, so you have what appears to be a um, teenage girl in a Japanese school uniform outfit in, you know, the Sailor type outfits being Uranus, she has a big yellow bow on the front, a big blue bow on the back, and her skirt and accoutrements navy blue, though in this case they're kind of a metallic navy blue, but that's fine, that's what you'd expect. Clearly it's nothing exciting in terms of the buck. She's got on her, her blue choker, uh, based on the style of choker, based on other details of the figure. You can safely say that this is the original Sailor Uranus, not Super Sailor Uranus, not um, Princess Uranus or Evil Sailor Uranus, and there's another one that I'm forgetting. Um, there are various versions of most of the characters. There we go. Um... In terms of uh, points of articulation, you know, it's the standard figure arts, fit as many points in as you possibly can. Uh, she doesn't have some of the absolutely crazy features, uh, like articulated toes, which, you know, you kind of don't expect with the Sailor Moon figures anyway. They all tend to have stiletto boots, which is fantastic. Um, difficult to pose because of the boots, but there you have it. She comes with um, her sword, which is a saber thing. It's got a nice kind of golden finger grips down towards the hilt as well as a like a little ribbony type deal hanging off uh, it's got gems in the blade which you know those that have seen it in in the tv show or the comics will be able to tell you is correct she comes with a flight stand as well as do all the sailor moon figures thus far each of these is in a, uh, a love heart shape they have the name of the figure they have a bunch of swirly ribbony type highlights and uh, little kind of stars on them and uh, they also have the planetary symbol in this case it's the symbol designed by Wilhelm Herschel the discoverer of the planet Uranus uh, other things that she comes with she comes with um, five additional left hands and eight additional right hands they are on the Sailor Moon style hand totem pole which I think is a terrific way of storing the hands they'll pretty much just lock onto a peg which is on the totem pole um, which is terrific it's easy to to keep them all stored neatly you don't have to worry about you open the trays up and things go everywhere now that we're talking about trays let's talk about the packaging it's your standard figure arts window box um, with a tray and a or a tray for the figure and parts and another tray over the top uh, which is what you'd expect nothing special it has the 
obligatory piece of card behind the figure tray with instructions behind that on, you know, details like how you put things together and pose them. So there's nothing astounding there. Um, obviously on the back it has details, you know, a little bit about the character. It has a couple of little posing suggestions. shows you some of the different faces in action. Um, in terms of faces, there's the face that comes with it, which is kind of a, there's a neutral face, there's a kind of smiling, looking at someone that I might care about kind of face with slightly shiny looking eyes, there's the um, I'm yelling slash performing some kind of special move face, there's the resting bitch face face, which uh, goes down a treat, no doubt. Um, there's also an additional face for Sailor Moon, which is... Uh, Usagi with eyes in the shape of love hearts and um, obviously looks smitten. She's got her mouth open and all. Now, I'm not sure whether that's meant to be for, you know, she's smitten with Uranus or it's meant to be more of a tuxedo mask type thing, and in which case I would have packed it with tuxedo mask. Uh, I'm aware that Sailor Uranus and uh, Sailor Moon did flirt in... Um, one version of the series. I think it might have been the manga they were more flirty in. Um, but I don't believe that Sailor Moon was ever in love or smitten by Uranus, so there you go. Um, there's nothing really that ties the Sailor Uranus figure to the Sailor Neptune figure, which is interesting because the two um, do become lovers, which was one of those elements that made it very difficult for, I believe, at the time it was uh, Saban or Dick that were... Um, doing the American dub of the show, made it very difficult for them to present later series of the show without heavy editing to the point that it became more or less unintelligible. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit strange. There's nothing to do with that. But they do capture, as well as the resting bitch face, the, um, the standoffish, haughty nature of um, Uranus by also providing her with the first set of crossed arms that we've had with... Um, a Sailor Moon figure. So that's kind of neat, but, you know, there's not a lot to them in terms of it's just a pair of skinny, flesh-toned um, arms with gloves on them. Um, but there you have it. So when we talk about this, uh, the other thing we normally talk about with um, figures is paint, and normally when we're talking about figure arts, there's nothing much to complain about until now. So where the waistband of the skirt meets the um, pleated navy part of the skirt, I have some slop on uh, my figure, as well as some, it's either a little bit of paint run, so the white has rubbed off a bit, or it's that the, um, the paint just wasn't applied that thickly, which um, seems strange if there's a bit of slop, although it might mean that the slop has, has just uh, been a bit of a missed brush stroke or two. So that's a bit of a disappointment. Um, clearly there'll be points taken off for that. The other thing that's interesting with the Sailor Moon figures is when you actually sit back and think about what it is you get compared to some of the other figures, um, the price point is an interesting factor. With the card captor Sakura, Sakura Kinomoto, that was $5 cheaper than Sailor Uranus on release. Uh, came with... I guess a few less um, pack-ins, but not by a great deal. But there was a hell of a lot more detail I would have had to go into it. It would have been a much more unique um, casting and moulding process gone into that figure, considering that the Sailor Uranus and most of the Sailor Moon figures are, for all intents and purposes, using the same dough. Um, 
it's got to be, you know, uh, asked as to where the extra money is going. Now, yes, there are a lot of pack-ins, there's lots of hands, there's lots of faces, there's the sword, there's a flight stand or figure stand, um, but none of that should really be adding up quite to what I think they're charging us. The figure stand, uh, you know, if you look at a, a standard figure arts figure stand or Tamashi figure stand, you know, they run about, um, I'm trying to think, you get about uh, three stands with a whole bunch of different arms and parts and stuff, and it's typically something like, Ten, twelve dollars, or something like that, US for a pack of those. So for one of those, yeah, you know, with fewer parts, um, five dollars is a bit of an ask. Yes, the base is customized, so maybe that's part of the the problem in producing that. Uh, I guess the other thing they could say is, you know, look, you've been collecting all of these now, and much like um, we've had discussions with the Marvel. Uh, Legends collectors, uh, particularly the Masters of the Universe collectors, and the the DC Infinite Crisis figures, where they were when they were uh, Mattel exclusive type deals, and you had to subscribe to things. You know, all of those type things. Um, they kind of know they've got you by the balls, and they can charge you a little bit extra. Um, it's something that's not. You know, I'm not going to complain too much. If I didn't want it, I wouldn't get it. I've already got the main Sailor Scouts, so. I'm really just uh, being completionist at this point. They probably know that. It's probably a low-volume figure, so it probably all, all evens out a little bit. Um, in terms of the figure overall, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, um, apart from the bit of paint slot. Um, it's uh, a fine figure. It probably loses a, a couple of points in terms of satisfaction for value for money and uh, for the paint slot, so it's probably, you know, an 8 out of 10. Um, I guess the other two points that would be remiss of me to point out for those that associate Sailor Moon with um, people with strange fetishes, let's just say if you choose to look up the skirt of a Sailor Moon figure art, any of them, you will see that they have a, a white T-piece crotch kind of area. So uh, you can therefore say that you can indeed see panties on a Sailor Moon figure and give your, get your figure to give you some fan service in that way and I'll leave that to, to yourself to deal with. Uh, and the other thing on this particular figure, and I haven't bothered to check, is um, Sailor Uranus is meant to be the second tallest of the Sailor Scouts behind Sailor Pluto. Now, I clearly don't have a Sailor Pluto yet, um, but I have also not checked on the height scale, and I haven't seen anyone else checking whether or not the, this figure is, in fact, that little bit taller than the rest, but not quite as tall as Pluto will be when it comes out. Uh, so there you go, there's an exercise to complete at home. And uh, with that, the review is complete. Thank you very much. More muscle, more metal, more than heroes, they're legends. Legend of Batman. from Mighty Batman Comics. All new legends blaze with all new power. Slice into time with Samurai Batman striking a massive blow for justice. As Silver Knight Batman flashed sizzling steel and cut through crime of a different time. And encased in a mammoth medal of flight pack, Batman solved the riddle of crime every time. More than heroes, they're legends. Legends of Batman. Figures each sold separately. Hi guys, this is Eddie here, uh, chiming in with my toy of the week 
in this anthology of Toy of the Weeks. So for my one, I have chosen to go with the Time of the Doctor Collector's Set. Uh, the new Doctor Who series with Peter Capaldi has just started up, so I thought I'd uh, jump back and take a look at the first Peter Capaldi figure we got uh, in my favourite scale of the Doctor Who figures, which is the five-inch one. So this was released by Underground Toys in the year 2014. Uh, it is, of course, an action figure. To be honest, I can't remember exactly what this figure cost when I brought it a year ago. In England, the home of Doctor Who, uh, if you purchased it at the time, it was looking to set you back around uh, £30. So I'm assuming it was around the $50 mark when it came out here, which is a bit expensive, for a five-inch Doctor Who figure, uh, particularly in comparison to the ones we've gotten in the past, uh, and considering this is just a single figure. But this was a attempt at Underground Toys to do a bit more of a collector-friendly uh, box uh, rather than uh, advertise this to the mass markets. And I think in some ways it was worth the money, but it's a very much a personal judgment. So the box itself is um, based on the Doctor's favourite box, the TARDIS. Uh, it's got flap open doors with Velcros to hold it back through. So you open it up, you get a nice look at the figure and all the accessories. It's done, for those who know, they um, sort of stylize it a little bit to the Doctor's era. So this is based on the Matt Smith uh, 11th Doctor era. It's a great box. I am a bit disappointed. There's a lot of uh, silver triangles and uh, with bits of information telling you what the box contains, a little bit about uh, the Doctor and that um, scattered over it. And I kind of wish they weren't there because um, it would... Uh, give a nice more presentation to the box there uh, on the front. But look, if you want to know what's inside of it, the details uh, are there. Personally, I'd prefer to open the flap and look at the figures, but there you go. But it is a very collector-friendly box. It's quite nice. Uh, I'm generally a package ripper myself. I have ripped this out of the package, but this is one of the few times I've actually kept this box and it's away uh, there in storage for when I pack things up. As for the sculpt on the actual figure itself, uh, it is really nice. So for anyone who hasn't picked up an Underground Toys figure, uh, these guys do a very fantastic job. Uh, I personally, with their sculpting, um, particularly in the buck, the outfits and that, uh, they're generally fair. They don't do a lot of buck use, and the bucks that they do make are very, very nice. They can do some really good head sculpts. And they can do some so-so head sculpts. I don't think they ever get it really bad, um, but the head sculpts are the one area where they can vary a little bit. I think for the most part this box is very good. I do believe that it is the best Matt Smith uh, box uh, head sculpt that we have gotten um, up to this point. Uh, you also get an aged... Uh, Matt Smith head sculpt, so a little bit of spoilers for the episode Time of the Doctors. Uh, it's him a few hundred years into his life uh, looking like an old man, and uh, this is really uh, nicely done, uh, this head sculpt. This looks like it's stepped right off the screen. Uh, his sort of old wispy hair is brilliant. I really do love the way they've gone about and created that. And probably the most controversial head sculpt in the set, but uh, the one most people would be buying this box for is the Peter Capaldi head sculpt. So this is an upsizing of the three and three quarter 
figure one, uh, but here we do get a lot more detail uh, in the uh, figure that comes out just because of the larger scale. Personally, I do like this head sculpt. Uh, I don't think it's perfect 100%, but um, particularly when you look at it really close and you really start to see the detail of the lines around the eyes and things like that, it is very nicely done. His chin is a little wider than I'd prefer, but all in all, I think the sculpt is very nice. He has gone with the one raised eyebrow look. Uh, I do hope in the future, though, that Underground gives us a sculpt uh, with the more angry-looking uh, design on his eyebrows as he's very famous for having. Uh, but I do, I also want to draw attention on the jacket. They've done a very nice uh, impression on it uh, of little cross stitchings to give it that tweed look. And I do think that is a very, very fantastic look. Now, the other section that I really love Underground Toys for, and this is where I get really action figure geeky and really love to talk about, uh, is the paint apps that these guys use on their Doctor Who figures. It is amazing for anyone who knows about the work behind the scenes that goes into creating action figures. Uh, a lot of people tell you one of the most expensive things is the paint apps because a paint app is pretty much one person's job on the production line. So the more paint apps you have... Uh, the more expensive a figure becomes. And these guys really do have uh, fantastic paintwork uh, done in here. Uh, it's really well done. These guys have spared no expense in the paintwork through. There's multiple colours, uh, too many uh, to sort of name. You have multiple blues, multiple purples. Even down on the shoes, the different material sections of the shoes are painted in different colours and uh You've got it through uh, the accessories have multiple paint applications, which I really do love to see. Even uh, his bow tie has different inflections on it to give you the material pattern there on the bow tie. So really, really fantastic. I do really like uh, all the effort that Underground put into their paintwork. And the actual applications are spot on. They do a fantastic job of uh, placement on... Uh, the figure, you rarely ever get splotching or marks or anything like that on an underground toys figure, which is very nice. The only complaint I'd have with this old set is the Capaldi head sculpt. Might have been able to go with a more lighter colour grey, but that's a real nitpick uh, here in the end. Um, in terms of paint, if I was just grading paint alone, uh, this would be a 9.99 uh, all out. Uh, in terms of articulation, uh, this is where they get a bit more basic with underground. He's got 16 points. Most of them are cut, so you've got uh, head um, twist. You've got uh, shoulder cuts. You've got elbow cuts. You've got swivels uh, at the wrists, swivel at the waist. Um, two cuts on uh, the thighs there. You've got uh, knee cuts and then from there on down it's solid leg. So you get a decent range of posing but he's not uh, super articulated uh, by any means. In terms of accessories, this set does come with a ton. Uh, so as I've alluded to, you do get a bunch of heads. You've got the Matt Smith head, you've got the aged Matt Smith head, you've got the Capaldi head. comes with a fourth head 
and that's the head of a Cyberman. So this is handles. Uh, if anyone's seen the episode, this is a bit of an inanimate object that uh, the Doctor carries around and talks to throughout. It's very nice. It really makes me want one of the new Cybermen uh, full-body design sculpts here. Uh, it's really well done. Multiple paint apps on here. And he's got little cords and wires sticking out the bottom of his neck that are very soft and malleable. And it's just a really fantastic head sculpt there. He comes with, as every Doctor uh, figure should, a sonic screwdriver. Uh, and this is fantastic. Uh, so the detail in here is brilliant. It's the same sculpt uh, we've gotten out of the sonic screwdrivers uh, on the other 11th Doctor figures. It's sort of the claw-looking one. Uh, but there's multiple paint apps on here. You've got greens, golds, blacks, creams, silvers, uh, all over. So it just looks brilliant. It feels like you're holding a mini version uh, of the prop when you look at it. And I really do love uh, the way it seems when you put it in the figure's hand. Now, with uh, the head swaps, uh, for the Capaldi head swap, you do also get a second vest. Um, so for chest area plate that you can put in, because in the episode he actually removes the bow tie before he regenerates into Capaldi. So you've got one with a bow tie and one without, so you can swap it around and be kind of screen accurate. Now, as a bit of a Hoovian nitpick uh, here, you've got the aged Matt Smith head. Uh, if you were to put this on his body... Uh, it's not exactly accurate to how it appeared on screen. The age, Matt Smith actually had a completely different uh, style of trench coat on that he was wearing. But if you pick up the Impossible Girl set, uh, there is a different 11th Doctor sculpt, and that's much more accurate to uh, the one that the aged Matt Smith head would go on. And uh, that head is also removable, so you can pop that one on and put this on and be much closer to uh, your aged Doctor set there. And with the aged Doctor, you also get a walking stick that he carried around. This is just black plastic, but a very nice uh, wooden sculpt here into the walking stick, very reminiscent of the one uh, William Hartnell had in the original years of the Doctor. Uh, so, look, really fantastic set here, uh, really brilliant uh, I highly recommend this if you're a fan of the modern era of Doctor Who at all, uh, particularly on toys. This is a great one. It's almost like getting three uh, separate Doctor Who figures in the one and some brilliant uh, ones here. So it's at the moment there is one coming, but at the moment it's the only way to get a five-inch Capaldi. It's the only way to get uh, Matt Smith in his Season 7 outfit here of the purple uh, trench coat with bow tie and you've also got the other playability to add in and mix around too so i really do love this set uh the five inch line for undergrounds has been going down a bit with releases but i'm kind of okay with this uh, moffat season there's been less sort of villain characters to really do up in great action figure forms uh so i wouldn't mind just you know every couple of months getting one really nicely done figure where they go uh, fully to town here rather than just getting constant waves of figures that are more on the so-so end of time. So um, big ups to Underground Toys. I'm going to give this nine dollies out of ten. Uh, so guys, thank you so much for listening and sorry if I sound a little croaky on this episode. I'm just getting over a bit of a vocal cord injury but uh, but hopefully it hasn't been too bad. Uh, so thank you for listening and 
on to the next segment. Armor up, Iron Man! Engage interlock mechanics! Armor up, War Machine! That's critical B! Attach front battle computer module! My brain blast will make scrap metal of you! Not in this lifetime, Modoc! With my rings, I rule on land and sea! Just undersea dome! I'm here to make waves, Mandarin! War Machine, Hydro Armor, Iron Man, and action figures, each sold separately. Well, it's Scotty here again to wrap up the show and our Toy of the Week anthology with my reviews. I said in my opening that I'm pretty sure that while I know we've reviewed Funko Pops on the show before, that I've never done one. I'm not a big Funko Pop collector, um, not because I don't love them, just because I've got to draw the line somewhere. There are a lot in my house, but most of them are in the collection of my eldest daughter. And I just have a few random ones of characters that I particularly like. Um, so I have Aquaman, of course. I have a couple of my favorite Walking Dead characters, Carol and Michonne. I have Sadness from the uh, Inside Out Pixar movie. Um, but when I was really excited when I found out that Funko was doing the Doctor Who license because um, I am a fan of the property. Um, all Doctor Who fans, I think, have their Doctor, and for me, that's the 11th Doctor, the Matt Smith uh, version. Um, I just loved what he brought to uh, the franchise in that kind of childlike um, nature. I think the stories in his art got a bit too convoluted at the end, um, but it's kind of my pinnacle of Who so far. And so when I found out that he was coming out in pop fashion, I knew that I'd have him. And I was really excited to also be able to get my favorite Doctor Who villain or, you know, baddie, um, a weeping angel. Um, I remember as a kid uh, turning on PBS in the States by accident and uh, finding uh, Doctor Who on with creepy Daleks and other things happening and getting totally freaked out. Um, but to me as an adult, the Weeping Angels are much scarier. And so I thought it would be really fun to have a 11th Doctor and Weeping Angel pop together. These guys will be heading to my office at work when I'm done reviewing them. Uh, Packaging-wise, unless you've been living under a rock, you know what pop vinyl packaging looks like. Um, and... Uh, as well as the, the colorful box with the character options for the license on the back. You've got the very handy collector-friendly plastic tray where you can pull the uh, character out, um, open it up, have a look at it, and you can either display it as new back in the box or display it loose. One of the things that always strikes me when I do open a, a pop vinyl is that I think that from a collector standpoint, the success of this line, the fact that they are everywhere, that you can go into places and just see a giant wall of them, can sometimes distract you from uh, the, the thought and care that is put into each character, because these are not just cookie-cutter pieces. Obviously, they share some common elements, but there is real custom design and sculpting that goes into making each of um, these really stay true to the Funko Pop vinyl style, but really reflect the individual character that they're meant to be representing. And uh, that's certainly the case with these two. One thing I had to check when I took my 11th Doctor out of the box was whether or not these were meant to be bobbleheads, because my 11th Doctor head is really wobbly. Uh, and anyone who knows me knows I hate bobbleheads. I think they're really creepy. 
But I checked on the box. Nope, not meant to be a bobblehead. Open my weeping angel. Nope, her head isn't wobbly. So it's just a bit of a design think thing, I think, with um, my Doctor Who. Um, it doesn't affect his stability. He did fall over a couple of times while I was moving around to photograph him, which, you know, usually the pops are pretty stable. Um, so there's a bit of a, a quality control thing there, perhaps. I'll start with the, the 11th Doctor. Um, oh, he just fell over. There you go. It's good radio. Like I was saying, I think that Funko have done an amazing job of taking something that basically is, you know, the same scale, the same form, and coming up with simple design elements that immediately communicate the character. Certainly there are some that, you know, I think if you looked at in isolation, you wouldn't necessarily know who they were, but um, there's no mistaking not, not only that this is a, a Doctor Who, but the Matt Smith um, hairstyle. And, and when you look at the back of this as well, they, they really have done a great job of capturing and sculpting um, something that really represents the Matt Smith uh, Doctor Who hairstyle. It, it, it's quite fun. Um, he's wearing his trademark bow tie um, and uh, suit jacket, pants, etc. And he has got a sonic screwdriver in his right hand. And I have to say that that in his hand really makes me wish for a little bit more articulation on these. I know that would really increase the price point and in most cases be pretty unnecessary. Uh, but particularly when I was photographing my Doctor Who and Weeping Angel, um, and you can see the photographs on the AFB podcast page, I would have loved for him just to be able to raise his sonic screwdriver um, at the Weeping Angel because she looks so messaging for something a little bit more dynamic but i know that's the the nature of the the beast um but it, it's still uh, and, and i'll talk about that with the whipping angel as well i do feel like arm articulation on these would not be incredibly hard and would actually make a, a, a real difference for me as a a, a buyer and a collector <clears throat> sculpt wise again nothing to complain about um on the the doctor really nice detailed job love the hair it's amazing sculpt wise heading over to um the weeping angel um this is incredibly fun um the i think that the big black uh pop vinyl eyes lend themselves really well to the the weeping angel um she's been sculpted with her uh, mouth open and an angry snarl and her fangs exposed. Um, she's got one hand uh, kind of reaching out and the other reaching up and uh, her wings are beautifully sculpted as well. Her hair is um, beautifully detailed, particularly at the back. One thing that's a little bit odd about the positioning of this, and again, you know, I think an argument for a bit of arm articulation is that her left hand has actually been uh, sculpted, raised quite high, and it actually does almost restrict her head movement because when you twist her head, the hand actually scrapes against it. So I was worried, first of all, when I took her out of the packaging, that there might be some wear because of it, but there, there isn't. Um, but I think that could develop if you moved it around a lot. And like I said, it does restrict movement. So I thought that was quite odd. At first, I thought it was just positioning, not not kind of really thinking through that these weren't articulated. Um, but I'd love to be able to move that just for a little bit of uh, safety. Um, the only thing I think that might be, a, it's a little, 
strange about the sculpt is that she, the, the weeping angel obviously is wearing a, a dress um, and she's obviously sculpted to have her right knee a bit raised, which I think is pretty true to the way that some of the, the weeping angel statues appear. And while I suppose it adds movement in terms of, um, you know, a, a bit of dynamic uh, movement for the sculpt, it actually takes a moment to try and work out what it is, that it's not just kind of some weird lump in the sculpting. So again, a bit of detail there that I think is quite clever, but I'm not sure if I'm actually sold on it just from an aesthetic point of view. Paint-wise, I'll, st I'll stay with the Weeping Angel because she has been cast, obviously, in a gray paint, but then they have uh, done some sort of wash over her that's kind of put some green and gray flecks through, which I think is quite clever um, in terms of giving some... Um, kind of aging look to uh, the, the the piece. The only thing that I'd say about it is that I think that the, the wash hasn't been done consistently um, between the head piece and the body piece. And so it's much stronger in the body, which I, I don't mind. I think it actually kind of works aesthetically. It might be deliberate, but it, it's pretty faint on the, the head piece, um, which kind of says to me that that they haven't been applied uh, in the in the same way, um, which means that uh, it's not as noticeable on the head, which I, I kind of would prefer just from that aging point of view. Um, but o overall, really happy um, w with that piece. Um, Matt Smith, Eleventh uh, Doctor. Um, you know, we we have made a lot of comments about Funko um, quality control, and certainly I think there was a phase where uh, these were being pumped out so fast that the paint apps were really struggling. Um, you know, I look back at some of the uh, earlier, not the original pieces, but ones really when the pops took off um, that, you know, I can see some pretty dodgy paint apps. I, I do feel like um, Funko has done something about that. I definitely see an improvement in the ones that I look at and pick up. Um, and again, I, I really can't complain here. I think there's a little bit of, uh, you know, bleed, um, in a couple of spaces between, um, his hair and his skin, but it's more at the back of his head. And you know what? You can get that on a six inch figure that you paid $30 for. Um, but quality wise, I, I'm really happy with the paint ups here. Overall, I'm really happy to have these. They're going to look great on my little pop collection shelf at work. Um, I, I do uh, think that there is some issue with the uh, either attachment of the head to the body for the 11th Doctor. Um, shouldn't be wobbly there. Shouldn't need to worry about him falling over. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I'm not going to take points off from my personal critiques about wanting articulation in arms, etc., because that is, you know, what what they are. But I'm going to give these a solid 9 out of 10, and like I said, I'm, I'm really happy to have them. And I think that's one of the joys of the Pops, is that it's not something it's you couldn't possibly be completist about it. It's something that you can kind of cherry-pick for favorite characters, etc., and just enjoy, and I really do appreciate that about them, and long may they live. 
And that is not just the end of my review, but it is the end of our uh, Try of the Week anthology show. Like I said at the beginning, we are committed to bringing you uh, a weekly show in whatever form we can, so I do hope that you've enjoyed this set of reviews that we put together for you for this week. Um, we do have a crew ready to do the next episode, um, so we will have a, a normal format show for you next week. And uh, hey, we're heading even closer to our 200th episode, so stay tuned for some um, exciting announcements about what we're going to do there once we work them out as always thanks for listening uh we have so much fun doing this and the fact that people listen and enjoy still kind of blows me away um thank you to those people that write that tweet that email etc and we'll get back to your feedback next week please keep it coming but until then peace out thanks everybody have a good one the Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter, at AFBlues, and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 